Wasn't that great? Uh, thank you, ladies, for the children's message. It's awesome. Uh, in connection with Psalm 23. You know, when David penned these words, Psalm 23, he was already the king leading over the entire nation of Israel. But he remembered back to his earlier days when he was a kid and he was shepherding those sheep, how he cared for them and protected them and led them. And now he couldn't help but parallel, draw the parallel between his leadership as a king over Israel and how God uh, was shepherding him in the same way that he shepherded the sheep. Specifically, how God had chosen him uh, to lead Israel and how it was a tumultuous uh, road to the throne. Remember all those years when, after he was anointed as a shepherd boy um, by, by Samuel, it took many years before he assumed the throne. And it was not a smooth path. But God chose him, and he directed him through those difficult years. And how God protected him against the powerful enemies, namely Goliath. Remember that? When he slew Goliath, the Philistine, and other pagan peoples as he was fighting and waging war on behalf of Israel. And how God had protected him even from his own king, Saul, as he was hiding in caves, fearing for his life. And also how God provided for him the wisdom and the discernment to govern this nation that he was leading. So he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I am like one of the sheep. I am dependent upon him now. And David became keenly aware of his need for a shepherd. And I wonder, are you aware of your need for a shepherd? Uh, we wouldn't have... Uh, that discernment or that awareness unless we realized how helpless we were apart from him. And sometimes we experience the global crisis that we're in right now and it's beginning to lift in our area, fortunately. But sometimes we have to experience this to be made aware that we need a shepherd to guide us, to care for us, to protect us, to direct us. Or I remember a top uh, millionaire um, CEO who was working in the World Trade Center during 9-11 of 2001 and how when the plane flew into the second building he was running down the stairwell and he met up with a custodian who just, he was hourly paid. You know? and, and so they were side by side together and they were calling out to God together in the very same way. It didn't matter what salary you had or what position you had. They both equally realized their need for a shepherd to help them, to strengthen them, and to guide them. And throughout the Bible, we are all compared to weak and helpless sheep. In Zechariah 10, for example, the people wandered like sheep oppressed for lack of a shepherd. And then Matthew 9, Jesus said, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus was that shepherd. So on their own, on our own, we are like helpless, helpless sheep. We lack a sense of direction on our own. We lack the ability to discern, and we lack the ability to protect ourselves from our unforeseen enemies. We are like sheep in these three ways. And we, like sheep, lack a sense of direction, which is the first way. We are like sheep in that we lack a sense of direction. Sheep have a herd mentality. 
and they will go wherever their shepherd is leading. They will blindless, blindlessly follow. And, uh, and that's a good thing. But when the shepherd is absent or distant or if he becomes sick and dies on the job, then these sheep are kind of helpless and they can, are prone to wander or they're prone to follow the lead sheep. For example, a mom sheep said this to the child. said, if your friends jump off the side of the hill, will you jump too fluffy? And the response was, yes! Because that's what sheep do. In fact, that happened in real life. In Turkey, shepherds got distracted during breakfast time as they were eating some distance away from the flock, and they noticed one sheep walked to the edge of a cliff and just jump off to its death. And they were shocked by that, but they were even more alarmed when they saw their flock of 1,500 sheep follow behind and one after another just jump off the side of the cliff to their death. Well, fortunately, only 450 of the 1,500 died because the latter sheep who jumped off jumped onto this billowy pile of sheep and, and, and their lives were spared. The Washington Post entitled this Mass Uicide. Isaiah 53 says this about us. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And there's a billion-dollar industry called advertising that understands this. Originator of MTV said this, Kids will accept almost anything over the screen. The, uh, the strongest appeal you can make is emotional. If you can get their emotions going, make them forget their logic, then you've got them. At MTV, we don't shoot for the 14-year-old. We own them. They understood this herd mentality that we are like sheep and we're prone to wander. Proverbs 14 says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. We fall off the cliff. Well, how do we know the right way to go? Well, the simple answer is keep your eyes on the shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd. And that's why David concluded, the Lord is my shepherd. He's the one leading me as king. A man in Australia was arrested and charged for stealing a sheep, and he contended that the sheep belonged to him all along, but it had been missing for some days. And so the accuser uh, brought him to court. And as they were in the court, the judge stood behind his his thing, and he, he had this idea. He said, well, let's just bring that sheep into the courtroom. And so they did, and told the plaintiff, the one who was accusing, said, why don't you please stand and, and call your sheep? And so he did. Sheepy, 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 come here, sheepy. And the, and the sheep just lifted its head and looked nervous and shook. But then he asked the defendant to stand and call his sheep. And so he did. He called them in his unique call, as the shepherd has, with, and even by name, and that sheep lifted its head and ran straight to the defendant. So it was easy for the judge. He said, this case is dismissed. The sheep knew the shepherd's voice. And that's what Jesus said, who is our good shepherd, in John 10. He said, the shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? Do you hear him speaking to you on a regular basis? Because he is. He's speaking. 
and he longs to speak specific words to each one of us. He directed me to preach on Psalm 23. I was not sure, and I sought godly counsel for friends, from friends as well. But I heard over and over again, Psalm 23, people need to be encouraged that I am their shepherd. Goes on, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, David says, or I lack nothing. And you'll be thinking, you might be thinking, really? I shall not want? I want this coronavirus to be over already. I want a Burger King Whopper. I'm starving right now. I want a new pony. You know, we want things in life. We're always pursuing things and shopping for things. Can we really say, I shall not want? Don't we really mean the Lord is my shepherd? I shall not want at least that much more to make my life happy. Or don't we really mean the Lord is my shepherd? I lack nothing except for maybe less weeds in my garden and maybe more income from my job or maybe uh, a, a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's what David concluded. Following our own self-interests at the exclusion of pursuing our shepherd well, it will lead to death and destruction, spiritually speaking. The self-life was the original sin in the garden. Adam and Eve, you know, they're tempted by the serpent saying, hey, if you eat of that thing right there, just, just take one little bite, and you know what? You too can be like God. You can be like God. You don't need a shepherd. You can be your own shepherd. You can call the shots. And they... They succumbed to that temptation and sin entered the world and death. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This doesn't mean that we deny our desires like some Eastern religion, like I want nothing. It does, not, it does mean that in Christ, with our shepherd, we lack nothing that we need because he will give us what we need when we need it and we can trust him to do so because he's our good shepherd leading us, giving us direction. And on Tuesday night, as I was laying in bed, I, I felt pretty discouraged. And I felt um, like I was in a funk. I felt kind of oppressed. And at that same time, I thought, okay, I'm feeling this way, but the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing. So, Lord, I'm lacking peace right now. I'm lacking joy right now. So if this, this is true, then please shepherd me. Well, I soon afterwards fell asleep and I woke up and I was refreshed. It goes on, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures, on, in my case, on my bed, and I woke up refreshed and with new vision and, and new hope. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Another word for refresh is he restores my soul. It comes from the root word of repent, where he turns us around. We're going this way in our attitude. He turns us around, and he gives us a new attitude, a right attitude, an attitude filled with hope, new direction. And when we're finally forced to slow down like we are during these past several weeks, then he seeks to get our attention, to lead us beside the still waters, and, and to lead us beside the green pastures. Question is, have we slowed down enough to hear him, enough to know him better in a deeper way? Or have we replaced our busy, hectic lifestyles before this with a new form of busyness, 
you know, through the media devices or through, you know, being a, becoming a workaholic in our backyards doing projects? Are we just, have we replaced one for the other at the exclusion of listening to our good shepherd who's leading us? How have you heard the voice of your good shepherd these past few weeks? Are you able to answer that? How have you begun to follow him in a new way? How have you done so? And maybe in your comments, you can even share with the church, with your brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you be on Facebook or on our website, you're able to do so. Verse 3 continues, He guides me along right paths for his namesake. You know, God has a stake in this. It's for his namesake, he said, that he's leading us. It's for his reputation. It's for his glory. It's to make his name known through us as he leads us faithfully. Because he knows that there are so many lost people in a hopeless world out there. But sometimes the paths where he leads us are not easy. Sometimes I think he allows us to experience everything that others experience except with hope because we have a shepherd like this pandemic it's affected all of us the stay at home order has affected all of us the rain falls on the just and the unjust scripture tells us but God allows these difficulties uh, in our lives to show the world what it looks like when we're following a shepherd as opposed to those who don't that there is hope we shall lack nothing because he will provide. Jesus said, I am the way. Follow me to better places when you lack direction. And then secondly, on our own, sheep will lack discernment. Sheep are very smart. We have this thought that sheep are just dumb animals out there. They're not. They're like, they're like pigs or they're like cows. They're very intelligent. They can even read expressions on faces. And so they have, they have good intelligence, but sometimes they lack discernment, just like, a, just like us, you know? We can be very intelligent, but lack discernment. Sheep will continue to graze, for example, at um, the same pastures uh, over and over again. They'll pull up all the grass and foliage with their, um, by the roots, and they'll remain there, and they'll even starve because they won't know where to go. They lack discernment, and they destroy the land in the midst, sort of like underneath our swing set. And sheep are easily deceived as well. In the springtime when they're wandering, they may come across a white, pretty flower called a kamas in certain places, which are poisonous and deadly when they're consumed. And so the sheep become paralyzed, and they stiffen up like boards before they drop over dead. And so shepherds will go before, and if they see this poisonous flower, they'll either pluck it up and remove it, or they'll redirect the sheep in a new direction. We, like sheep, can be very intelligent, but we can easily be deceived by believing lies. For example, you take these highly intelligent professors in universities who are atheists, and they say, I don't believe in God. And God says, I don't believe in atheists. Or they'll say, there are no such thing as absolute truth. And a student in the classroom could say, are you absolutely sure about that? Because that's an absolute statement. Or there's the worldly uh, lie that we believe. The more stuff we have, uh, the more fame we acquire, the happier we will be. 
And do you remember in past Christmases, every Christmas that has the hot item that you must get for your child or Christmas will be a bust. It'll be horrible for them. So in 1960s, when I was being raised as a kid, I remember these things that were must-haves, right? The transistor radio, easy bake oven, creepy crawlers, G.I. Joe, Hot Wheels. I had all of them because I wanted to be happy and my parents wanted me to be happy. If you're raised in the 70s or had kids in the 70s, you might have gotten them light bright or walkie-talkies or Tonka truck or pet rocks. Hey, if you had any of these toys, go ahead and make comments and, and see what toys were your must-haves growing up. In the 80s, the must-have were Care Bears, BMX bicycles, Cabbage Patch dolls, Nintendo, starting lineup, Game Boys. If you're raised in the 90s, then you may have gotten a Barbie Dreamhouse, or Beanie Babies, or Tickle Me Elmo, or Furbies, or Pokemon cards, or a Razor Scooter. Need a Razor Scooter to be happy? Or if you were raised in the 2000s or had kids, it was the decade of electronics where the must-have things were the iPod or the Nintendo DS or the Xbox or the PlayStation or the iPod Touch or Nintendo Wii. If you were born after 2010, your must-haves would have been an iPad, a Star Wars remote control, an Apple AirPod you put in the ears, or even this last year in 2020, a Bloom doll whatever that is. Now, for next year, I have the perfect gift for each one of you, and here it is. Any one of these three or combination, even better. But guess what? He who dies with the most toys still dies. They die anyway, right? It's the worldly lie of materialism that we subscribe to, but the biggest lie, I think, that we subscribe to is the lie of fear, we struggle with fear, and sheep did as well. A small Pekingese puppy jumped out the back fled, uh, flatbed of a truck. Just a little yippy thing started, yip, 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 yip. And, and 200 sheep stood up and bolted, and they just started running in complete desperation because they feared this little puppy that couldn't do anything to them. We're like that as well. We need a shepherd to... Uh, give us discernment. Well, how do we discern the truth from a lie then? Well, we have to trust our good shepherd. We have to look into the word of God and believe the, uh, the not believe the scripture, the promises and give up the lies. And so uh, we have to replace the lies with the truth and the truth will set us free. And Jesus said, I am the truth. Are you afraid? We'll run into the arms of our good shepherd who offers us his presence. He offers us the truth that he'll never leave us. He's always there with us. Do you feel alone? Listen to his voice speaking to you. He is speaking, and he wants to comfort you. He wants to give you hope. And if you feel lost and confused, then get your eyes on the shepherd and follow him. He's leading. As a shepherd, you see, the Lord doesn't see a flock of 100 people together or a flock of 1,000. Instead, the good shepherd sees 1,000 ones. 
He sees the one in the 1,000. He sees fluffy, and he sees woolly, and he sees hoofy, and he sees blacky, and he calls us each by name. He knows our name, and he loves you for you. Thirdly, um, Jesus not only gives us uh, direction and discernment, but he gives us protection. He, he protects us. The only real defense that sheep had was to remain together because if they were alone, they were sitting ducks or standing sheep, or they were, they're, they're going to be dead because these carnivorous predators like buzzards or vultures or feral pigs or wild dogs or, or foxes will just come and, and have easy lunch. Or if a sheep were to fall down and, and become too heavy because of the wool, it could roll on its back. They call it, um, they, they become cast and they will be unable to get back on their feet. They'll be helpless. Again, someone's lunch. Or if they should fall down in a, valley or, or whatnot, then same thing. Apart from our good shepherd, we too lack defense against our enemies, namely enemies of fear and evil and disease and the enemy of condemnation. We're helpless without a good shepherd. We may feel confident when life is great and, and you know, life is going, humming on as normal, but as soon as one of these enemies encroaches upon us, then all of a sudden we're thrown into desperation and we'll discern that we need a shepherd. Like we may receive a call, um, there's been an accident. Or we may be in a doctor's office, it's not good news. Or we may hear from a loved one, I just don't love you like I used to. Or we may hear um, from an employer, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to let you go. You know, these things come suddenly upon us. And there are enemies. We need a shepherd to care for us and to protect us. On our own, life can be despairing. And our enemies, they threaten us, but the good shepherd says, I will protect you. Verse 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And if you think about it, uh, when there are shadows... Uh, the shadow of death is not death itself. You know, Jesus died on the cross to defeat death. That can't touch us apart from God's will. But the shadow of death can scare the snot out of us. And these shadow indi shadows indicate that there's a presence of light that is casting a shadow. If there was no light, it would be pitch black, right? And so the light is near us. Jesus, the light of the world, is with us in the deep, dark valleys of the shadow of death, and he's leading us. And then verse 4 says, Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Rods were used by shepherds to throw out the sheep, you know, to scare them back into line, into the herd, so they don't wander off. Or they were used to beat off predators. And staffs were used not to protect, but to comfort, uh, to draw them in close. Come on in, and to hold the sheep that's scared, afraid or or, or, or even to touch a sheep on the side and just hold the, the um, staff right there. I mean, I mean the, yeah, the staff right against the sheep to let the sheep know, I'm here with you. Don't be afraid, I'm here. Or sometimes when a little baby lamb was born, uh, the shepherd would pick it up like this by the crook and move it over here like this to the mother or to safety. 
because he didn't want to get the scent of human scent on, on the baby lamb. Or if a sheep were to fall again or get caught in brush, then again, use it to draw them out of the brush, back into the fold, back to safety. The staff was used to comfort. The rod was used to protect and to discipline. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We feel safe in the presence even of our enemies. Usually when enemies are encroaching upon us, then we're freaking out. You know, we're having major stress attacks, um, and we're not secure. But in the presence of our enemies, you prepare a banquet table for us. That's what our shepherd does. If we were a soldier in a foxhole in the heat of battle, then we would do well to grab a candy bar or dried rations and just stuff it in our mouth in between rounds, you know? And, but we'd be afraid, but not with a shepherd, our good shepherd. By contrast, he spreads a table banquet before us. He provides what we need, and we're able to sit back and enjoy perfect peace and plenty of his provision, knowing that nothing can touch us out of God's will. Our enemies may even look on and wonder, how can you have such peace during a time like this? Like in other countries, um, unbelieving countries, uh, there are those who are coming to Christ by the thousands because they're seeing Christians and how they're behaving um, in the midst of crisis or opposition. And they're attracted to the joy and the peace that they see because they're following the shepherd and the shepherd is protecting them. Verse 5, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Why oil? Well, oil was used to soothe and to comfort, but it was also used to protect them against nose flies. These sheep were even defenseless against the smallest of insects, like these flies that would buzz around their head, fly out their nasal passages, and they would lay eggs, and these eggs would hatch into larvae, worm-like larvae, and the larvae would crawl up into the skull and just drive these sheep's uh, sheep nuts and they did so because um, or, or they went nuts because uh, of these things in their head and so they'd bang their head against the rock like this or against the stump in the ground or against the ground and sometimes they'd even kill themselves trying to alleviate the aggravation and irritation and frustration that they were experiencing oftentimes these are the things that do us in the everyday aggravations the irritations, the things that drive us nuts. Sometimes the sheep would even go blind because of these larvae in their head and cause blindness. And, and oftentimes these little aggravations can cause us to go spiritually blind. And we lose sight of God, our shepherd, and Jesus, and, and we just focus on the problem. We lose sight of the big picture. We're blind to it. But our shepherd, he tells us the truth, and he gives us life. Allow your shepherd to anoint you with his oil, the oil of his Holy Spirit, to fill you. Call upon him. Ask him, fill me with your spirit. Grant me your wisdom and discernment, Lord. Uh, return, restore the life um, and the hope to my life. And then surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Verse 6. This goodness and mercy... These are the promise of our good shepherd that he offers us during this present life. Goodness, mercy. 
but not just for this life. He says it extends to eternal life. He concludes by saying, and I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was hope. That was the hope that David had, had even in the midst of all the trials as the king of Israel. Jesus, our good shepherd, said, I am the life. So during this coronavirus time, um, man, when we're experiencing things like loneliness and hardship and when we're aggravated and irritated or, or when we are simply scared, let's invite the good shepherd back into our lives and say, Jesus, you're my good shepherd. Reveal yourself to me as the way, the way when I need direction, when I'm lacking direction. Jesus, reveal yourself as the truth to replace my deception and the lies that I've chosen to believe and reveal yourself as the life. Provide for me. Protect me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need you as the way, the truth, and the life. We need you desperately, Lord. Sometimes we lose sight of that because, you know, life is returning to normal now or new normal and and Lord, you know, it, it was a ride, but, you know, I made it through this. And no, Lord, help us to realize how dependent we are, just as sheep are dependent on the shepherd every day of our lives, Lord. May we acknowledge that. May we humbly bow before you every day and acknowledge our need for you. And in so doing, may we hear you. May we be empowered by you. May we be directed by you. And may we experience real life that will be a witness and give hope to a hopeless world, Lord. Use us during this time. May we not um, waste this time, but may we utilize this for your glory, your honor. In Christ's name, amen.